Traveling the Vortex We join the Dr. Don as they travel the Vortex and arrive in London Town at episode 572. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. And we are um, together recording in the same room. <laughs> Live, in person. For the first time since pre-pandemic, right? I believe so. Yeah. We've been recording from home since then. So, Other than the one-off fun and games we did. That's right. We did do one of those. Where we did the escape room. Yep. Wow. So... It's good to see your faces again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we see each other anyway, but... Who the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing in my house? Get off my yard. Stranger danger! <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, um, we're going to try to get this out early because we want to give our review of uh, Doctor Who the Star Beast, which just dropped this weekend. We've all had a chance to watch it, and so we're going to take a stab at reviewing it. And Keith, do you have a synopsis for us? I do. The Doctor lands in London to find an old friend, a new enemy, and aliens wreaking havoc. That was it, huh? That's the official <laughs> Disney Plus synopsis. The Disney Plus synopsis. Bomb, bomb, I'm bomb! assuming it's the same as the BBC synopsis. <laughs> well, Sean liked it. Keith, what'd you think? I liked it. I liked it a lot. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, uh, simply blown away by this thing. Um, we were watching it with, with my kids, and my, my daughter Caitlin said, "Well, I guess Disney money really does help a lot." <laughs> okay. Show of hands, who was impressed with the Disney money that was displayed on the screen? <laughs> Pretty impressive effects. Um, well, I, I don't know if you guys watched the bonus features at all, but Meep was actually there in person with him it yeah. wasn't cgi it was just no. the facial expressions in fact, that were i could tell numb. that it was a um puppet, a puppet at least yeah. because uh at times uh the doctor was holding its hands and i was like oh yeah that's yeah. i mean that's you you could you can tell when a, somebody's holding a uh, air Stake you know hands. as yeah. opposed yeah. to even when it's uh, cgi but there you could tell he had something tactile in his hands and i thought it was pretty cool i mean it's not without problems don't get me wrong uh, it, it's it's not the most perfect special ever. <laughs> but did we expect it to be perfect? No. no. But it, it's also and and I'll freely admit I'm riding high right now on new who, you know. <laughs> so there, there is definitely some of that happening that's may, maybe coloring my my perception a little bit. <laughs> well, there's not only new who; it's David Tennant and Catherine Tate back mm-hmm. in their roles mm-hmm. and doing a good job, not overriding anything that came before in my opinion, and allowing Donna's story to progress and resolve in a satisfactory manner 95% of the way. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I completely agree. Although what really, really, really surprised me is going into this, I thought, okay, they're going to take some, lift some story elements from the Star Beast um, comic book. And I was really surprised <laughs> how... <laughs> Many elements there they is used. quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. and and it's a I true was, adaptation. Yeah, really. yeah. Even down to I mean, Fudge having yeah, a cameo. Fun, Fudge had an appearance in there. Um, even the 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 unit soldier. I didn't know that they were going to do the unit soldiers being taken up. Now they they changed the name. It wasn't like Plaque Sun Energy or yeah. whatever, but it was you know radiation from that sun. Um, a psychedelic sun this time. 
Right, psychedelic sun, because he he says specifically, and I wrote it down that they had that he noticed that their eyes had um, psychedelia, something like a solar psychedelia. I think he's called it, which so. looked a lot like the vortex from the open. Yeah, it kind of did. Okay, we got to talk about the open. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so pretty. Oh yeah, I, so gorgeous. Like take take all of the Doctor Who opens from New Who that we've gone ooh ah, and put them together. Mm-hmm. And that's what this one looks like. Yeah. Because it was just, ooh, ah. The only I mean, thing missing is a face. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll go there. Well, that's that's just it. It invoked that old style, that classic style, but it had a lot of new to it as well. Right. So. Yeah. And seeing the diamond logo come up was, <laughs> was just right there. <laughs> I hope they keep it. And I don't think they I don't know. I, I, I hope they will, know. but I don't I mean, think at so. the very least, we're going we're to keep that. Um, this diamond yeah. well I, not even that but we're going to keep the that long, yeah the long logo because they've got that up in the offices at uh, Bad Wolf I mean that logo is on the wall now you can easily paint that over and put something else up I'm sure but I think that at least is in the in it for the long haul the font that they're using yeah. so. we are going on a journey a very long journey through the world of the target novelizations and publication order Every week, we are looking at a new book, talking about Terrence Dix, Malcolm Hulk, and all our Doctor Who novelization friends. Whatever you do, keep turning the pages. This is Jason Miller of the Doctor Who Literature Podcast, a member of the Direction Point Podcast Network, and you are listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point Podcast. This is Tim Trelaw. This is David J. Howe. I'm Peter Purvis. I am Sadie Miller. This is Lauren Cornelius. Larry, it's Fraser. For all things in the Doctor Who collecting world and beyond, the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. I'm Larry Van Mersberg and your host, and I've been collecting for 42 years. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex on the Direction Point Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Rupert Booth. I am known as Paul Ferry. And my name is Barry Williams. Together, we host Time Ram. Time Ram's a cruel mistress. It's a random number generator. That also. We roll a number from 1 to 30, and that's our doctor. Then 1 to 300 for the story, and then we ram them together. Even if it doesn't make sense. Cruel, I tell you. Time Ram, putting the wrong doctors in the wrong stories, so you don't have to. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to decide how how early I want to launch into nitpicky. Mm-hmm. No, I, I have a couple of things. You yeah, have a couple I, things? I think. Well, okay. For, let, let's start with all the the pros. Let's, let's start, start with all, all the, the highs. Yes. Let's just go to that. Right. And first. Open's awesome. Uh, open was awesome. Um, I think that I, I love the the new unit scientific uh, <laughs> number fifty six. Yeah, number fifty six, and, and, and he says, "Yeah, I was number one." Said, yeah, I mean, we know, we know. Yeah. I get a bonus for meeting you. <laughs> yeah. But then even later, uh, having the chair that held all the different. Um, well, even even in that same conversation of he says something as she's leaving, "I've waited all your life." Oh yeah, she's yeah. like you wish. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah, fact so it wasn't. She a, was the complete opposite of Osgood. Yeah, she yeah. didn't and do the isn't fan a fan girl all over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the, later with the chair having the weapons built into it is so totally unit, it makes sense. I like to think that um, Osgood's the reason why people get a bonus for meeting the doctor. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably comes out of her personal paycheck. Right, right. 
the um, the actions nonstop. I love the fact that it's it's paced really well. There's not a lot of downtime. Um, it do, and when they do have some downtime and some of that just compassionate dialogue, it makes sense. It's very pertinent, and I think that worked really well for the story as well. Um, I, I but the pacing and movement of it, I think, yeah, is great. Very fast, and the tone helps. Even though there's those emotional moments, it's not a downer. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize how much of as much as I enjoyed Chibnall's run. It had such a somber tone to it the mm-hmm. whole time that having this be so bombastic and so much fun to watch, even when it's got those emotional moments, the contrast is stark. This to me. very much feels like RTD era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but modernized, updated, and yeah. I think brought into like a, a more current age. And he's obviously, I think, evolved as a storyteller too. And he's got Disney money now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I did not realize how much I would miss Donna's mom mm. until she showed mm-hmm. up. And yeah. then it was just like, oh, and she's still well, Donna's mom. Yeah. <laughs> in this, though, she's in the past. They've used the character as sort of a comic relief. You know, that 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 um, abrasive irritants. You know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody that you don't care for that much because of the way they treat Donna or because mm-hmm. of the way that. And now it's like she's kind of sort of grown. She's still annoying, but she's grown as a character, and they they use her to the benefit of she loves Donna so much, and she the doctor told her if she remembers she'll die, and she's doing her best to try yeah. to get in the way so that Donna won't see the doctor and or anything. for some reason yeah. remember. Yeah, <laughs> you know, mom, oh, yeah. there's an alien crashing. Uh huh. Sure, and yeah, you can Donna, tell in that you, scene. Did that... you see that Donna? She even asked because she's concerned now. Yeah. When yeah. the mom asks, did you see it? And she's no. Course, not you know, and then she immediately defaults to, Well, there are no such thing as aliens, it's mm-hmm. all fake, blah blah blah. Right, right. And just I, I, I loved the fact that Donna had her own mental blocks mm-hmm. up that mm-hmm. would not allow her to look up at a, at a spaceship, mm-hmm. you know, that that was just her brain wasn't, you know, to protect herself, her brain wasn't prepared to accept that. Well, she already had sort of that luck anyway though but even before she met the doctor remember how many things she missed yeah, <laughs> yeah. but um, yes so, yes. so, so to, but to keep on with that and then to have the rest of the family all know because i got the impression that sean was like that too that he was kind of looking out for her and like no we're not gonna we're not gonna acknowledge that and you know granddad moved away to <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like oh you're killing me because mm-hmm. i can visualize the entire willf rationalization for that mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i can yeah. see him doing it right, right uh so all of that was great but yeah her, her mom was, was was really cool i love rose rose mm-hmm. is great instantly yeah. fantastic yep. character we need her in the tardis when is that going to happen I, it's my understanding from a statement she made in an interview that she's going to be returning so okay yeah i'm gonna I'm, I'm hold him to it because that should be a thing she said something about having more adventures in the tardis so oh okay yeah. all right good because I can totally see her coming back in not the next special, but the special after that. Yeah, yeah. But hopefully beyond that, because I agree, she was absolutely fantastic. And mm-hmm. I like how they incorporated the trans element into it as part of the story of the conflicts and the issues she's dealing with. That part I thought was really fantastic. Mm-hmm. I have issues with what they do later in the story with <laughs> her, but yeah. other than that, I thought it was fantastic. I liked the fact that it was a true adaptation of the Star Beast, so that it really nailed the majority of the story beats. 
and just kind of grafted Donna and family onto that story mm-hmm. in lieu of certain other characters, but, yeah. but that it was all there. Um, I feel like the psychotropic sun element probably could have used just a little bit of more fleshing out that that's what that was that caused it, that it wasn't just that it affected the Meeps, but that he brought a piece of it with him. Uh, yeah, that wasn't really explained. I think, though, understanding that it came from the Meeps' ship, I think yeah, that helped. Th- that helped, but uh, that was the. it wasn't until after when I was thinking about it that I went, oh, yeah, they did talk about that in the comic, that mm-hmm. we did, yeah, that was a thing. Mm-hmm. So even somebody who's read it, <laughs> you know, I could have used a little bit more. Just give me a drop line or something mm-hmm. about that. You well, know, okay, good. Part of what helps it makes more sense in the comic, in my opinion, is the ship is powered by the sun drive that corrupted him mm-hmm. and them. And this isn't that way because it's this dagger drive thing instead. Right. And so had, Which, had they been able to incorporate the two together, I think yeah. you wouldn't have had to Although rationalize it in your head the, later. The dagger drive was going to do essentially the same thing, though. So I, yeah. I, I like that they stuck to that, that part. Yes, though. yeah, I agree. The, sh- the roads coming back together afterwards just because it was fixed is a little <laughs> bit of a, okay, that's RTD back to his old tricks, yeah. but, you know. It's a special. <laughs> undo, undo, Big disaster, undo, undo. big fix. Right. Um, I love the Meep. Mm-hmm. I love the, the design. The, the way it was actualized and, and realized was fantastic. I like um, how much it goes from completely cute and adorable to very evil looking <laughs> that was really very very well done and it, it since we didn't get the inner dialogue like we did in the comic mm-hmm. for those that don't know it's more of a surprise mm-hmm. yeah i liked uh the callback to um the the, the fourth doctor keeping a uh, a wig <laughs> in the hat yeah that, that was a a fun moment i am kind of glad they took the uh bomb out of out of it where they implanted the bomb the uh, oh yeah warriors had implanted yeah. a bomb in the doctor because they thought he was an associate of the meat it kind of softened the the rarith they kept saying wrath i mean even though it's w-r-a-t-h yeah. they, they kept saying or w-a-r-t-h well when they they spelled it out at one point yeah. on screen and there's an extra r in there there is that, that yeah. wrath they would not have wrath, i was like but, oh yeah okay so Maybe it's silent. Uh, silent I just, I just assumed they were rats. <laughs> it's, it's the R that I keep trying to put in Dalek because they put in the, they, they put it in Wraith. But um, yeah, just just across the board, it was so much fun. It was energetic. It was, you know, really who at its best. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what we've kind of come to hope for and expect mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way from, from Doctor Who. We did watch it as a family. After a very full day, because we did our family Thanksgiving on Sunday, uh, mm-hmm. on Saturday, mm-hmm. and so we had kids over and cousins and nephews and you know, people running around all over the house, big turkey dinner, and then had to drive in the huge snowstorm that we had. So we we had a very 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 hectic day and didn't get to it until later that night, which I was going out of my gourd. Oh, you didn't watch till Saturday night. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I watched you it in the evening. Oh. Kids wouldn't watch it with me. Uh, well, Liam wouldn't. Jim you know, would said she was willing to. I got a Lancy about noon because the kids were watching YouTube, and I was like, um, can we, <laughs> can we like, get it over to Disney Plus in case, you know, it starts early? Or... Yeah, no, I watched it as it dropped. Just as it dropped. Although I thought it was going to be one of those kind of live event things where you watched it live for that, you know, for 58 oh. minutes or whatever it was, and then it became streaming. 
but it wasn't. As soon as it rolled over, it went well, like 12, 1231. As soon as it rolled over, it would just said play. And I could have, I could have scrolled to the end if I wanted to. So, mm. yeah. But, uh, yeah, we, I, I told everybody cause we had to get everybody home in the snow, which was going to be a huge thing. It was going to be this you know, ordeal. And I told her, when we get back, we're watching Doctor Who. This is a thing. Yes. And so I was like, I don't want to watch. And I was like, we're watching Doctor Who. If you don't want to watch it, you can go to bed. Right. <laughs> so she opted, okay, if you're going to give me a choice like that, I'm going to stay up and watch Doctor <laughs> Who. And she was engaged. Yeah. She really, she, you know, she didn't just watch it like, oh, this is something Papa wants to watch, which she has done before, Muppets. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but she, she watched it and she was into it. And she really loved the meep. Until he revealed, <laughs> Until uh, got I'm, evil. I'm evil. The meep's a bad guy, and then she didn't like the meep mm-hmm. anymore. Uh, but I don't know that she got all of it. Mm-hmm. But she had a good time watching it, and afterwards she was like, "Okay, yeah, that wasn't too bad." So I'm hoping that if we get three weeks in a row of good Doctor Who, so, maybe this will hook her. But 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 just keep in mind, RTD has said the next one is scary. Yeah, and the one after that is very surreal, so and intense, so. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe you ought to scream at them first and then show now? them to That's her. probably not yeah. a bad idea. She will be eight. Well, he said he was writing it for eight-year-olds. Yeah, he did. He said he was yeah. writing it with eight-year-olds say. in mind. Yeah, he did. And she was... Of course, British eight-year-olds probably have no, a different perspective. And but she he, was he snuggled up it. with Mel on the couch with a dog on one side or Mel on the other side in a <laughs> blanket. Does, no, he said it's, it's about eight-year-olds is what he said. From the perspective of an eight-year-old or Oh, did he? Okay. I didn't remember that. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it okay who knows? And every kid's different. I That's mean, true. Some kids can handle it. Some kids can't. So, yeah. so, so can we talk about the, the, the absolute greatest, bestest thing ever? The new TARDIS The interior? new TARDIS interior. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I love how open it is and spacious it is. I love that it invokes the original uh, uh, TARDIS room, or TARDIS room, console room. Um, I love that it has lots of randle, roundels, and I love that the roundels are all, all LED. The yeah, and change colors. colors. That's really impressive. <laughs> um, I loved how excited the 14th Doctor <laughs> was when he saw it and went running around. Uh, love everything about it, except for <laughs> apparently Donna's now destroyed it. So. <laughs> Set it on fire. <laughs> it's a little, as much as I like it, it feels a little too sleek and modern. It feels like a little bit trying to be a Star Trek bridge mm-hmm. at times. Well, who knows? Who knows if it'll stay around either? Yeah. So. <gasps> I think it's going to. I think you think so? RTD is. I thought I saw a headline somewhere that RTD's just talking about the new console sticking around. Oh, okay, good. Because I like it. I like it a lot. I think it was just that initial st- shot. You know, once you get the smaller, not as wide angle, it wasn't quite as slick. Especially once I got to see more of the console itself, not being all shiny white and the sleek. console still has kind of that. You know. Oddball. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, got a that, coffee that's the part machine. I really like I mean, about yeah, it. It's, yeah. it's got that almost rustic, almost not quite steampunk, but not quite industrial look mm-hmm. to it that mm-hmm. makes it feel more like Doctor Who and less like they're trying to emulate other sci-fi. Yeah. See, I don't know that I... Well, okay, maybe... Maybe I can allow that. Because my absolute favorite Enterprise bridge is the one from the very end of Star Trek IV, that's, Voyage Home. And that's what this reminds me of. Because it's, yeah. it's gleaming white. Yes. Right. But I think I liked that Enterprise Bridge because it reminded me of the, tardi- the Fifth the Doctor or Fourth Doctor console room because yeah. mm-hmm. it was gleaming white. Right. So walking into that was just like, oh, 
the roundels, the, the the size, the scope of it's super impressive. I think it even harkens back more to the uh, console that was in. I mean, just from kind of stylized look, that was in um, the Five Doctors. I think it's very much the, the especially the time rotor itself yeah, yeah, with all the kind of yeah, crystalline right. uh, features in it. Um, I loved the kind of callback to to Matt Smith's TARDIS with the ramps and the multi level. <laughs> massive size of the room and, and yeah. just i mean yeah. it, it, it was again it's one of those things where they took a little bit from each era to kind of mm-hmm. celebrate mm-hmm. where we're where we've been and where we're going and just yeah it uh, mm, loved it yeah. loved it loved it loved it gorgeous so on the downside and i hesitate to say downside i am a little conflicted over how flippant the doctor was in dealing with Donna because the story of Donna is so tragic. It's, it's almost worse than a character or companion death because it's a complete reversal of everything that she had, everything that she gained, everything that she was, everything that she could be. And we're going to take it back and hit that reset button and leave her this former shell of, of, of where she came from but with the added baggage of knowing that there was something else, but I can't quite grasp what it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I won't worry about it today. But knowing that it's preying at her and eating at her and, you know, scratching in the corners of her mind. And that that is just absolutely heartbreaking. Then the added gut punch of she can't see me or she will die. Her brain will burn out because it won't be able to handle it. And then he sees her and we get a great comedic can't moment. remember me is what he says can't remember yeah because he she sees him again at the end of journey's end yeah, after briefly. he's wiped him because he says donna i'm leaving and she goes oh, okay yeah so i mean it's yeah it's, I, it's not been undone before but they're making a big deal about not being able to see him but yeah I, it, I, it, 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 it just felt okay you don't need her family to solve the mystery of the meep but you keep dragging them all back into what these think, events are. He explained that, though. He explained that he was drawn here. The, the TARDIS number one is drawn here specifically. And then he's uh, immediately meets up with uh, Donna. And then immediately he finds out that uh, she's named her kid Rose. And then, it, so it's all these things that I think he's starting to put together that some, fate has brought them back together for some reason. And I think curiosity kicks in and he has to figure out why well, why this is happening he had nothing to do with rose finding me right right so i mean it's not like he could control any of that he was off doing his own thing trying to avoid them until he had to collide with them again right. in order to sol- solve the situation because he did go to that steel worker's yes. mill to, yeah. to investigate but once he gets involved and he, he he's there at the house and we're bandaging the meep and we're taking care of it it's like you could have taken the meep out of there at any point in time, but you're still laying around. I get the curiosity thing. I totally get that because it's like the impossible girl. Yeah. There's yeah. there's a mystery to be solved. But when the stakes are killing your best friend. I, I also now, have to I also have to think though that he's something's drawn them together. So he realizes that and he thinks that there's some reason why they're together. So Donna obviously is important again. And so he's got to stay as close by as he can. And I think as he's, I think he's very 
tepid at first, but he has that whole first encounter with her and nothing jars her memory. She doesn't remember. So I think maybe he's starting to rationalize the fact that, okay, maybe it will be safe enough to be around her. And she, well, you know, it's maybe still be a little careful. I think that he's realizing he can still be there because whatever the memory wipe that he did is holding and is doing a adequate job. So I think that's why he's not in a rush to get away from her and I think he's still trying to avoid letting her remember, but I think he realizes that the defenses of whatever he left behind are much better than he expected. So I, I kind of gave him a pass. Yeah. On that. I mean, I mean I, don't get me wrong. I like the happy ending. Yeah. I like the fact that we have fixed the meta crisis issue, but it's a little hand wavy. <laughs> well, and just the idea of where women, we can just let it go to that doesn't quite work for me. Well, it's because you're a man. Well, maybe maybe that maybe that's the case, but scientifically that doesn't quite make sense. Although I can then later, as I thought about it, could rationalize it away as they have that ability just like the doctor can call up regeneration energy at any time to heal R- River Song's arm. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of one of those, how is that supposed to work? Okay, it's kind of happened similarly in the past, so I can forgive it after I think about it. It's one of those Father Christmas moments versus one of those mad scientist moments. Right, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, like I said, I, it, it just I, I'm 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 happy that we got a happy ending. You know me; I love happy endings. I am I am thrilled that we we did that. But with with the initial part of it, the doctor gets hunches, and you can tell he's playing a hunch that he's like, I think this is what's going on, and then he's willing to push it to find out if he's right. Mm-hmm. This didn't even feel like a hunch. This was just him kind of blundering into their lives and writing it out to see what happened. And like I said, with the, the, the Claire and the impossible girl mystery and how driven he was to solve that, I get the drive, but the stakes in my mind are so much higher mm-hmm. on this one because sure. it's it's Donna. Then when we get to the end of that and it's kind of like fixed, in a way, as happy as I am about it, I feel like that almost cheapens the tragedy of Donna Noble because that was such a huge gut punch at the time. Now... I don't think we're done with that yeah, story. That's no, it, right? I, we I have two more specials looming. Right. And and obviously everything's going to come to a, a big head there at the end. Not to mention, I, 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 when the Meep said, well, the boss will be interested to hear about this. You know, there's only only so many uh, species that have two hearts. And, and I thought that was kind of. Yeah. yeah and, well, and then you have hmm. to wonder who is this person that the Meep, who is a fanatical, uh, you know, me, me, me kind of individual and, and, and that mindset who could possibly be the boss that the Meep would be willing to be subservient to that's it now I mean kind of, we, <laughs> I'm sitting there going you don't know, know <laughs> where that's going but uh, that that's Unless a scary setting up a longer game mm. yeah that's a scary thought really mm-hmm. I mean if you didn't know what was coming if you weren't metagaming, you know, you're like, Who's, who, who could the meat be? Yeah. So, but again, some of that's comic book knowledge coming right, into it, too, exactly. based on, on Although, there's not a connection in the comic there. Either, no, though, so. no, but just, I mean, yeah, where the, where no. the, how, how the meep is that level of... Well, I don't know. I think they, I think they maybe, conveyed maybe, that yeah. pretty well enough, because when they're explaining about the what happened to the meep, and he was the most vicious one, and they had eaten the head, you know, I mean... He was the grand root leader. Yeah, they they said, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, I'll have to ask you guys what you thought because this didn't bother me, but it seemed to bother my family. What did you think of using the Sonic with the little shields thing? I didn't like that. 
<laughs> okay. That's a bit too much of a stretch. New- I, I knew you were gonna. I knew you were gonna be bothered by it, and I thought maybe you'd be bothered by it too. It's another one I'm torn on because when he's sitting there using it, and he's got a view screen in front of him that it's projecting, and he's flipping through things that he's got some sort of tactile interface that, that, that he's brought that screen that came from the Sonic. I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Well, now it's got a readout other than that little tiny. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I mean, it, 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 it's it's cool that so. it's you know for those of us that are getting older and like to larger view screens, <laughs> yeah, right. some you know, and the fact that it translates some of what he's looking at. For I mean, we'll audience. be able to do it with our phone. Our phones eventually will be able to do that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that element of it is is is, is kind of cool, and you know, wow, Disney money at work making shields out of thin air. <laughs> I'm not sure how that would work. It was a sonic panel, but it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> It looked good. It I looked was fine really with it. good. I, now, does that break every chase sequence to come from now on? Because, well, why don't you just draw a sonic shield and? Well, it wasn't over. It wasn't overpowered though. It was only going to be there long enough to get the family from one door to the other. Yeah, that's all it was for. Four. And it showed that there was a weakness because eventually they blasted through it. Yes. And so I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a quick fix or, a, or an easy out for anybody uh, to write to later. I may be, pro- be proven wrong later. Um, I also didn't have a problem with it because I think if it's... The, the, the sonic screwdriver since New Who has started has been a Swiss Army knife. It's, it is, it's just an all-purpose... It's a, it's a writer's way out of a situation. And I've, I've always been, I think, a little more fine with that. I don't, it's never bothered me that much. And so... When I saw that, my they were going, oh, okay, Sonic can do this now. And I thought, well, number one, it's a brand new Sonic. He's always updating it. It's always being updated, whether it's him or not. And so this is just one more element that's been added, and it's it's fine. Now, if that particular thing gets overused, yeah, maybe I'll be bothered by it. But I did new, new screwdriver, new tool. That's the way I looked at I, it. I think I'm a little softer on it because then the next thing they show it doing is, oh, it's really good at resonating concrete. <laughs> it's like, that, okay, yeah, that that's I what buy. it does. Yeah. <laughs> that is an acceptable that use is what of it. Does. it so. Although it was funny that he called it concrete and, and Sean said, it's mortar. <laughs> it's actually mortar. <laughs> yeah. Mel, Mel and I were both was... kind of like, huh. <laughs> Anybody else think though that that was a very clever, simple thing that I never would have thought of? It just was like, how oh, are you yeah. going to get through that brick? And we're just going <laughs> to dissolve yeah. the concrete, push the bricks through, get to the next house, and then the next house, and then the next house. Um, Does that now break every chase scene? <laughs> <laughs> Only if you're in someone's attic. No, because I believe he would have been able to do that all along. Yeah. It, because it did do what it describes it's going to do, so... Well, it's like uh, the Flash. The first time the Flash finds out that he can vibrate his molecules fast enough to pass through physical matter. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can do that all the time now, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's that's the end of every fight. You, mm-hmm. you just phase into somebody. That's the. How do you how do you create these overpowered characters and do this to them? I don't know. It's, it's Doctor Who. So yeah, but it, it it they. They did put a stopgap on there with the fact that he metabolizes. Uh, energy faster than anybody and so there is points where he can't he be as fast as he can be because yeah. he doesn't have the energy to yeah. do so so it do, he does have a kryptonite i guess maybe that's what we need for the sonic if we're going to give it phenomenal cosmic powers it needs to have itty bitty living space it's <laughs> got to have some sort of okay i can't use it now because it needs to recharge mm-hmm. for the rest of the episode mm-hmm. okay yeah i'd have been okay with that so 
Of course, he doesn't use it much beyond that. No, just to resonate concrete. (laughs) He doesn't. I was surprised. He doesn't even use it when he's trying to shut down the dagger drive either. So, okay. So the dagger drive scene, (laughs) I got very uncomfortable. Started my my anxiety kind of kicked in because (laughs) we're getting claustrophobic. Or yes, and Donna's remembering. (laughs) Oh yeah, and and this is going to be bad. And then we get this partition between, between the two of them and it's like oh we'll flashback <laughs> i mean i was just yeah they did look, that on purpose well and wasn't, wasn't ready. The dialogue well, they, was very you, that's just it the dialogue wasn't ready. went there too yeah <laughs> wasn't ready <laughs> and then when tenant's voice cracked when he goes why does it have to be this i was like oh yeah <laughs> it's a time that works out for him though this time yes. last time yeah. it didn't necessarily it worked out he saved Wilf but he had to sac- make some sacrifices this time he had to make a sacrifice but he didn't need to make yeah. a sacrifice pretty much every mention <laughs> of Wilf in this thing was, was just heartbreaking mm-hmm. for me yeah. uh, that was the other thing is there oh I love that man there are vi- there's video of him running him back behind the scenes of him running him around in a I know he filmed something yeah, yeah in a uh, wheelchair and I, I I assumed it would be in this we didn't see it in fact, I was a little taken back when they said, well, he's gone. I thought, oh, well, they've kind of just written <laughs> he's not the character out. Anymore. He's not with us anymore. And then, no, he's over at the, <laughs> he's at a care home. And so. And Kate Lethbridge Stewart's footing the bill. <laughs> <laughs> yes! And then I thought, oh, okay, so maybe he will be somewhere in these specials. But, I mean, there's well, a good chance the, the that. Behind the scenes that's on YouTube, he's at the read through. Oh, okay. Well, so I think it's in because I think they read through all three episodes. So yeah. I'm betting he's in episode three. Okay. Yeah, well, good say. Episode How about two we go is a see Wolf. Episodes, so. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I mean, the, the whole end of the episode, mm-hmm. we're going to go see Wolf. Yeah. That's right. Although, why would they take the TARDIS instead of just driving over? I don't know, <laughs> but whatever. Because <laughs> when has that ever gone? Well, right? <laughs> because I think the Doctor thought it'd be really cool to materialize in his room. Probably and surprising. Yeah. Because making of, an of, entrance of anybody's <laughs> place you can materialize in, it's him because right. he, he knows he is. It's a wonderful surprise for him. And why? You know, come on, Rose. Yeah, let her go. What are you stopping her for, Mrs. Noble? <laughs> <laughs> let her go. <laughs> Donna. Oh no, you don't. Yes, she does. Let her go. <laughs> I'm screaming at my TV. <laughs> uh. Yeah, the um, so uh, I, I I very much appreciate how British the TARDIS apparently is. <laughs> that a cup of tea spilled on it is a okay. It was coffee. It was coffee. A cup of tea is a okay. Oh, but a, a coffee. A cup of coffee, coffee is <laughs> the end of the world, right, and it blows right. up. So, good point. <laughs> sometimes you just need a good cup of tea, and <laughs> coffee, is coffee is not is it. <laughs> Oh, I got a chuckle out of that. I don't know if that was the intent, but it was like, I yep. may have been. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't catch it at all. The one other thing I had issue with was the fact that apparently the meta crisis aspect was the reason why Rose was trans, and I didn't think think that was quite. I it, it's. I had issue with it because why not? Why can't we just have? A trans person on the show that's trans without an explanation of well this is why this is they are the way they are i thought that was not I necessarily appropriate i didn't necessarily and maybe i'm wrong but i didn't necessarily think it was wasn't why she was the way she is but because of the way she is is why she could share the meta crisis or why she could be connected to it 
See, I got the impression from the dialogue that it was she came out the way she did because of the metacrisis. That because the doctor is non-binary and or because they both are binary, she then becomes non-binary. So it, to me, that did, that was my interpretation. They did say that, and, say and that. I wondered if they were playing playing on the words, but it may have been literal. Yeah, I don't know. It, it may have been. I'm going to play devil's advocate. It may have been an attempt to justify having a trans character and explaining that it's a trans character, and this is why we're explaining it's a trans character. I think the problem was, though, you with that explanation... You shouldn't have to. Well, you shouldn't absolutely. have to. And, number one, they they, had, they addressed it at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, yeah. They and they, did, they, they, they yeah. did it just fine mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. And I think, you know, because there's there's that segment of, of the population that any time you bring in a non-white male character for whatever reason they they just go off because they think oh you're woke you're ruining tv you're blah 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 and there's there's a there's a line that feels like it needs to be walked to okay we introduced a bisexual character and we told you that they're bisexual and then everybody goes well why did i need to know that why is that important to who they are you know why can't they just be a character and so this kind of sidesteps that argument by it was integral to the plot, but I agree with it. If that was the reasoning for it, then it was silly and it was... What's it, also surprising is the... F- I, I, I could kind of expect something like this from Moffat or even Chibnall, but the fact that RTD would do this, too, is surprising to yeah. me. I think I, I just... Because he was also the one to introduce so many of those forward-thinking characters mm-hmm. in the show mm-hmm. in the past... That to have this feels well. It's great to have her as a character in the show as a trans person. It feels like a backstep as to a well. This is why she's trans. Mm. I agree, and I, I would be curious to know more. Um, you watched the behind the scenes. I'm guessing they didn't. They didn't cover really that. talk about that. No, but maybe in, I didn't watch the Unleashed because there's a YouTube behind the scenes that's in the obviously everywhere. But I, the Unleashed hasn't been released domestically State, stateside, stateside yet. yet. So I don't. I don't know if they talk about that more. I mean, Yasmin, the actress, does talk about how she read the script, saw it was a trans person, I'm going to totally go for it, and talk about that aspect of it, not any character or story-driven aspects of okay. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, then I'll have to, we'll have to see if we can get the Unleashed. and Yeah, see if that, if he kind of says anything about that, I don't know. I already booked tickets for last week. I'm not flying you guys back <laughs> over there again so you can see Unleashed. We really need a dual citizenship is what we need. <laughs> if you would like to support Traveling the Vortex, become a dual citizenship. Anything else about the story of the episode? Oh, if it's you want, s- I could gush about this for another hour. <laughs> it's I mean, just I, so exciting yeah. to, to go back and, and see that. And, and <laughs> I know I've said this before. What crazy mixed up world do we live in that Doctor Who, the show that was so underground and was on VHS, and if you found somebody else who watched it, <laughs> you made a friend for life because in the in the states, from our perspective, you, you yes. you're into that that weird British show. Yeah, I'm into that, and just instantly, wow, is now on Disney Plus mm-hmm. with a landing screen and a title card and a mm-hmm. uh, just. <laughs> and when, when, the, when the credits came up and it was BBC and Bad Wolf and Disney and the, the Disney logo's in the credits. I mean, just, 
sometimes the timeline gets it right. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> I'm just. You but don't understand, I Keith. You weren't there. Either. But I, I mean, even at the beginning, when I was got when we started the podcast, it was still a fairly underground show in the U.S. It wasn't huge. No, like it was. It was, it was, I mean, if it was a sci-fi to, channel thing, is what it was. Yeah. yeah, if you would go to a convention, it would be, oh, look, there's a Doctor Who thing, and now it's just commonplace. Well, and you got brought in right at the the kind of that that peak that swell between yeah. Tennant and and Smith. You kind of hit right in that that crest, and. Uh, yeah, I just. Although we had it worse because we also were farther away from in the big cities, we would have found more people That's that true. were connected. Not well, as, yeah. not many more. Not but, many more. I mean, but yeah. That doesn't under undersell your statement any at at any rate. But we had it even worse because of the fact that we were so removed from that sort of thing. I mean, just when Mel was when we first started dating, and she was over at my house once, and I was finishing up something on the computer, and she came over and. She looked up, and I had my Tom Baker poster on the wall. And she goes, oh, Doctor Who. Well, if I didn't love this woman before. (laughs) 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 Pourquoi? You know who the doctor... I mean, it was that same reaction that just instantly... um, And so, I don't know, maybe it's just a weird perspective of mine to go through that. But I'm still not over it. (laughs) It's just wild. And I'm so excited I'm so excited that it's accessible and 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 popular and that people are digging it. That yeah. that to me is just has anybody seen what the internet scuttlebutt? I I've seen a, a handful of reactions on Facebook and they've all been positive. I've not to this really episode. I just I was curious. I, I haven't looked much, but yeah, I um, I I'm in a group um on Facebook, and so I've seen peripherally some things that they've been posting, and it's been, for the most part been positive. So, good, good. They were, um, and they were all <laughs> ganging up on one guy that was talking about how woke it was. So. <laughs> I'm not even sure he's in the group anymore. <laughs> anyway, was well, he flounced? Should have been woke, I guess. <laughs> Hello fellow time travelers and welcome to the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the only podcast to discuss, in story order, all the Doctor Who novelizations. My name is Tony Whip, and every two weeks or so I'm joined by a two to three person discussion panel, including our so-called expert who's been a Who fan since 1979, that would be me. We also get the views of intermediate, casual, and novice fans who either have never seen the show or who have never read these books until these podcasts, including Dalton Hughes and Allison Fitzsafried. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you find good podcasts, or even ones like ours. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point podcast. You are invited on an adventure across all of time and space, in a completely random order. It's the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. Jump in the TARDIS with your hosts, Eric Goldbranson, Asad Khashki, and Matthew Kressel. Explore Doctor Who TV stories, audio adventures, and books, both novels and non-fiction. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. It's the entire Hooniverse. On Shuffle. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast is a member of the Direction Point Network and is available about once a month wherever you find your podcasts. You are listening to Traveling the Vortex. 
All right. Well, what we got coming up on the schedule? This will be real easy, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> What's the name of the next one? Uh, uh, the Giggle? No, the, the Giggle's the last Blue one. Yonder. Yeah, Wild Blue Yonder. Yonder. Giggle's the last one. So, um, available on Disney Plus. Bottle episode, apparently, all in the TARDIS. So, we'll see. Yeah. That's what it appears, anyway. Uh, did anybody look at the posters when they released them? Mm-hmm. The, it's the, some weird thing in the background, some weird robot in the background. So, the poster yeah. images came out, and it's like, okay, cool, Star Beast, and, you know, and then just this one with this kind of white background and stretching into infinity and then the, the white background's a TARDIS it finally I clicked it so I went back and looked at it it was like oh it's like here's the console here's this but it's like repeated yeah, yeah like yeah, it's yeah. some sort of twisty like they broke it yeah and <laughs> it's all it, it didn't multi-dimensional. Catch, it didn't catch my eye either until after I realized that oh it's wait that's the TARDIS that we're seeing in the background yeah it's it's like I get it now <laughs> so cool but we, we will be discussing that next and uh, because I did not get my homework finished uh, we might be able to squeeze in uh, uh, the the Daleks in color, mm-hmm. which also came out actually on the anniversary. So. Right. All right. Well, you can uh, find us traveling vortex.com. If you uh, get any value out of this podcast, why not put some value back into it? You can do that by clicking on that patron link and supporting us. And of course, you can give us five star rating wherever you find this podcast. We would be much appreciative. Anything else before we close this one? If not, until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. Direction point. Direction point. A Doctor Who podcast network.